Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. From Fox News, it's The Campaign with Brett Baer. Election Day is just one day away, and as voters prepare to head to the polls on Tuesday, the candidates are making their last-minute appeals to voters. President Trump holding campaign rallies in four key battleground states, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Meanwhile, former Vice President Joe Biden focusing most of his time in Pennsylvania before making a final push in Ohio. We'll start there with our panel, anchor of The Daily Briefing, co-host of The Five, Dana Perino, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, Tom Bevan, and Fox News Politics Editor Chris Steyerwalt. It's here. It's finally here. <laughs> Dana. Um, Don't no. get too excited, Brett. It may not be over. <laughs> it's not, not going to be over. But at least this part is going to be over. This part will be over. Yeah. We, are, we will actually have votes, mm-hmm. and people will actually be doing the thing that we've been telling and talking about for months and months and months. So I'm still torn about... How much of an undercounted Trump vote is there? Let's just assume there is some, just like there was 2016. Is there enough of that to overcount what could be, you know, a big lead going into um, the day? Well, it's also asked, like, let's break it down even more, which is, is there enough in the key states to to help President Trump overcome a deficit of some of those people that he might have lost in some of those states. Like, yeah, because we don't possibly, care about New York and California or, or other I mean, we states. care, but not, not that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. We are looking at, um, what, I guess six um, six to eight states, Chris? Is, depends on, is that depends right? on what you've been smoking uh, on a given day, which, okay. which campaign you talk to, it's which ones six. are in play, but yeah. I am trying to avoid the temptation of reliving the last election and thinking that the last election is just like this one and that the shy Trump voter is going to come through and we're going to look back and go, oh my gosh, there were all these people who voted for Trump that they weren't saying that. In fact, I heard from a a friend of a friend last night who reached out to me and wanted to know what I thought was happening. And she let me know that everybody that her grandson's Little League game was voting for Trump. And so she said, doesn't it make you wonder who is actually talking to these people in the polls? I think that they make them up. I've never never been polled. And I just, you know, and um, I think that it will be interesting to see how many seniors actually do drop off. And can President Trump stem that? I mean, from the balloting, not... Yes. Not, no, 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 no. Completely. <laughs> I, just, I want to be clear. No, I want to be no, clear no, about not that. At all. Okay. I think I want everyone to stay nice and healthy through this election. But that's the thing. I've, I, just, I just try to constantly remind myself that each election is different. You learn different things about the electorate. One thing, and I'll stop talking after this. Um, I was listening to Liesl Hickey, who you all mm, might know. Sure. She um, does a lot on Republican politics, works a lot in the suburbs. Um, she's undertaken this really amazing long-term project this year where they had dedicated people that they talked to every week about the election. They followed them around. And one of the things that she said is that the suburbs used to be quite regional in their differences, mm-hmm. right? So the suburbs of Dallas were different from the suburbs of mm-hmm. Miami um, to North uh, Carolina, um, anywhere else, Denver, 
Denver in particular. She said, but one of the things that they found is that the suburbs are actually almost all acting alike all across the country. So that the race is national. Of course, we choose by electoral college, but the nationalization of our politics, partly from media, maybe social media, interests, whatever. I thought that was just super interesting and not something I had really taken into account up to now. You you know, as we get early returns, you know, we're going to have a a pretty good picture early in the night because you've got Florida, North Carolina, Georgia, mm-hmm. really interesting states for us. As, as you look at that, you've got the villages, you've got the I-4 corridor, you've got Charlotte around North Carolina, places that you're going to look to and say, okay, where is Trump? So think about this. The polls in 2016 were off. The polls in 2012 were off more. If Trump gets the same bounce that Obama got. Obama outperformed his final poll. And incumbents, the, mm-hmm. Bush had a similar experience in 2004. Yep. Incumbents tend to get, uh, they tend to get a little <clears throat> at the end. The undecideds break against them, but there is a residual vote there for them that we've seen in the last two reelects be present. So Obama was undercounted by about 2.1 points in average at the end. And it applied pretty evenly across the states. If Trump just gets that, if he just gets what Obama got, then nationally he's down like six and a half points. And at six and a half points, states like Florida start to tip his way, right? Because Florida's more Republican than most of the swing states. So in that first bit, Georgia looks pretty tough for for the Republicans right now. But he would if if he outperforms just two point one points like Obama did, he will like Obama win Florida. Mm-hmm. He will win. Georgia probably. He North Carolina's tough, but it'd be close and you could see how he could start to thread the Arizona. needle there. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, um you you're talking two point one nationally. Like right, a- but it it had echoes of that same kind of margin on the state level for Obama, just as I would expect it would for Trump if he got that kind of a bump. Yeah. Tom, the margins where he outperformed in twenty sixteen go from about one to seven in Wisconsin. Uh this is Trump over Clinton. Correct. And and interestingly, uh, you know, the one state, the one battleground state where he actually underperformed the polls in 2016 was Arizona. His final poll average, uh, we had him at four. He won it by three and a half. And the other one where it was really tight was Georgia. I think he, he outperformed his polls there, but only by like three tenths of a percent. Hmm. And those are two states right now that are really tight. I mean, Arizona... Biden's got a lead less than one, one point in our latest average. And the latest poll there, which is the NBC Marist, which came out today, has it a dead tie. Um, and obviously, you know, in Georgia, you've got last couple of polls have Trump ahead by a little bit. But, you know, overall, he's up by two tenths of a percent in our average. And, and you know, that's a situation where I, I know the Trump campaign officials I've talked to have been you know, frustrated by their inability to lock that state down. They have to keep going back there. They have to keep spending money there. The Senate race is, is, you know, two of them probably going fits. to a runoff, two of them, but, but the Purdue race is really given Republicans fits as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with Chris. I mean, if he gets, if he gets a, a bump here at the end, if he's able to outperform polls, we're right back to a situation where he, he wins all these southeastern states, he'll win Arizona, and then it's like, can he win one of the four upper Midwest states, uh, it would, it would which leave would him. get him re-election, the, right? Not just any, uh, Pennsylvania. And that's why everybody better like Harrisburg, because 
Uh, We're if, going because if this is it, it's it, the new Tallahassee, the, the, the Trump, the, the, the exactly, and it's a lot colder there uh, at come Thanksgiving. Although it, it was really chilly in two thousand. The uh, here's what we know: it, every path for Trump that base is based on that kind of Obama-sized boost, right? Uh, if he gets that at the end, Pennsylvania is is the is the one he's got to have. And it's there's just no there's no way around it because the Michigan and Wisconsin are both farther out of reach for him, and also s- smaller. He'll he'd be eleven short. He'd be at we'd be at a two. Here, here's the moment to imagine: it's a two fifty nine two fifty nine tie, and we're going to Harrisburg because it, because Pennsylvania is going to decide it. I've done that on that board a couple times, uh, and you can get there. Different I've seen ways. you do that, and you guys like it's like it is plausible. It mm-hmm. is. It is very plausible. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk real quick about. If Trump loses, why does he lose? If Trump wins, why does he win? Let me just throw this out there. If Trump loses, obviously it's an uphill battle with COVID and and fighting COVID. But it may be more that people are like, ah, mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Mm. Like the independents go... I'm, I'm done. Right. So I am interested in seeing in the voter analysis uh, when we see it, like we've heard on the trail from people that they they just want unity. They want a little bit of you know, return to normal. But I don't know. I don't know what normal is going to look like anymore. What normal, is normal? What is normal? I don't quite remember that. Um, so that will be it will be interesting to see. So when I worked for President Bush, he used to say that um, if, if, if a president wins a second term, that by the sixth year that you're in people's living rooms, mm. people are just tired of seeing you. They are just tired of it. And if you think about this last, I'm going to call it five years, not just four years, but the whole campaign in 2016 and through this one, does it- Wait, that's not 10? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's dog so years. Oh, oh, dog years. So, and that's my point, right? So I, I wonder about that, right? Are people tired? But I also just go back to, you know, they say stick to your knitting. Incumbents are hard to beat. The point that Chris made um, that they sort of close late, um, people at their, when they're like, oh, gosh, I think, do I really want to change gears here right now or should I just, just get this over with and have another four years of Trump? I mean, that, that really could be it. I think also that if he loses that I think coronavirus has to just be the number one yep. story. It just – it was unforeseen. If you remember where the four of us were on State of the Union night mm-hmm. in February mm-hmm. – the president had just beat impeachment. The jobs number was incredible. The mm-hmm. unemployment rate at a historic lows. Wages were going up. The president was on top of the world. Democrats and, were in disarray trying to find a candidate. Well, right. Yep. We, we had just been to, to Iowa where they couldn't even count the votes. Biden I mean, was it nowhere. It looked pitiful for the Democrats. And a week later is when really you saw the dominoes start to fall and then within a month the president had made that tough decision to shut the economy down so mm-hmm. well, win look, loss so if it's if if biden loses we will have to radically reconsider the way that we address social sciences and public opinion research in the United States. Just throw it out. Actually, right. just make Trafalgar king. Right, exactly. Just get the <laughs> Trafalgar guy in here. But we will we will have a, a serious problem with understanding each other, right? Americans will be at a point where if, mm. if, if Biden loses, it'll be because we don't understand how to talk to each other anymore. And, and, and things, have, things have skewed that way because Biden has run a very good – 
very safe. Disciplined. Co- disciplined, correct <laughs> campaign. He has run a very disciplined. It's a no-risk campaign. It's a no-risk campaign. So annoying. And, and he has been <laughs> right where voters are. His positions have tracked with voters and all of that stuff. Um, if Trump loses— He's going to run as a proud Democrat, but be a president for— All Americans. All Americans. If Trump loses, <laughs> it is coronavirus— in the same way, I, you know, if Trump loses, it's like Jimmy Carter's experience in 1980, which is the energy crisis proved intractable for mm-hmm. Carter. The Iranian revolution and the, and the second wave of the energy crisis that followed, and Carter couldn't beat it. He could turn down the thermostats in the White House. He could talk about whatever, but it was a problem out of his hand. The 1980 election wasn't a mandate for Ronald Reagan and Reaganomics. It was a, I cannot deal with it no more. I can't mm-hmm. deal with you anymore. Gas and lines, the whole thing. That the whole thing, and and that's what Trump is facing is that kind of a, a smackdown. And I don't think it's going to be a seventeen point whipping, but it would be the same energy behind it. We'll hear from our panel after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tom, um, that whole battle between COVID, fighting it fully, and the economy opening or closing it, I mean, it's the closing argument for Trump, but win or lose, what does that say? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. This was going to be an interesting one to pick through the bones of mm-hmm. uh, when when we're when it's finally in the rearview mirror, because there are so many moving parts. I mean, we've you know we've had elections in the middle of economic crises before. We've had elections in the middle of civil unrest. We've had even had elections in the middle of pandemics, but never all three at the same time and never with a president as uniquely polarizing as as Donald Trump has been since literally the day he took office. So, um, look, I COVID is obviously, uh, you know, his handling of COVID is a, is a real weak spot for him. But, you know, we're seeing signs and in, in, you mentioned Trafalgar. He's he's saying that he's seeing that lockdowns now are are moving voters even independents, even suburban voters. And Trump is the one out there, there is saying, and he, and he says it in, in typical Trumpian fashion, right? But the overall message is, hey, we're going to beat this thing. We're going to get back to our normal lives. That's what we want. That's what you want. That's what, you know, we want to get back to work. We want to get the kids back to school. And we're not, we're not going to put up with this, you know, dark winter, wearing masks, shutting our basement for the next six months. That's not how we live. And it's, it's you know it's it's not delivered in Churchillian language, but but that's the message, and that seems to be. Uh, we may look back and actually find out that 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 might be what got Trump over the finish line in some of these places. Can I, jump Iron- in on I mean, that? it is it is a binary choice, as you pointed out. When you go in that to make the choice, it's not oh Trump's so bad. It's which one are you choosing? Right, and and I it is interesting on that. I mentioned the suburban. 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 What is a suburban? I don't, I don't know. even know. That, a resident, a person, I drive one an of individual, those. An individual <laughs> can be a suburb, a suburban. Oh I put my kids in those when I yes, take them to yes, the, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, 
The issue of schools not being open. Um, so again, back to Lisa Hickey, she was saying that the parents versus the teachers union is a really big deal. Huge. And that the teachers unions are increasingly saying, not back to school, not back to school. Just and did it in D.C. And yep. in Fairfax County, Virginia, even though I know Virginia is not some, a state that we're really looking at. But how does that play out across the board? And so if you were undecided or maybe you were going to vote for Biden, but you know what? You're looking at the next six months and your kid having to be on a Zoom call and watching their life you know, pass before their eyes and, and missing out on all of this education and all of these things when you see like other states are doing that. That doesn't make sense to you. What's interesting is that at the end here, Donald Trump is almost like the hope and change candidate. <laughs> You've come full circle. What is, right? I mean, what is he's Greg, the one who's like, we're not dark winter. What is Greg putting in your hope. water? Uh, hope and change. <laughs> well, I'd say this. Uh, whoever you vote for, it won't affect whether your kids go back to school or not because the president doesn't decide where you go. It could be an expression of anger about yes, it. That's yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. that's It could what be an saying. expression of anger about it, but it won't mm-hmm. make any difference for individual children who wins the presidency. Uh, the other thing that we know is we've asked – in our polls, everybody's asked in all of their polls, in all of the time. 25 to 30 percent of the country is with Trump on this. We got to break mm-hmm. loose. We got to bust out. That's not a small number, right? That's many, many tens of millions of Americans. That's a ton of people. But the problem for Trump is that consistently 65 percent or more of Americans are on the other side of the yeah. question. And they're with Biden on the question. And when you look at our most recent Fox News poll, Trump's number on handling of the economy dropped seven points to a basic tie with Biden, whereas Biden maintains his massive lead on handling coronavirus. And that just is not a that's not where the incumbent wants Mm. to be. But our poll also has uh, Biden up by eight nationally. But when you ask the question, who do you think is going to win? Trump Mm -hmm. wins by one point. But we know why that is, because it's the most liberal people who are the most prone to to say say Trump is going to win. Okay. The Democrats are freaking freaked. They are. <laughs> I mean, there's people that can't their, sleep. I've right. talked to people who I get they're texts. just. They're I like, get the text. So wait, what are you hearing now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what about I, this poll in Iowa? Can you I was imagine like, well, I don't know, being alone, a Biden campaign, uh, being like on a Biden campaign and having to be oh. answer the call, who's answering from the county chairman, right. Maisie uh, Hirono on line three. Oh, no, no, Michelle Goldberg <laughs> yes, exactly. calling for the third time exactly. today. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that w- would be crushing. All right, last thing. Um, this could go to Harrisburg. It could go to Pennsylvania. It could go to a fight over ballots. There could be three Harrisburgs or mm-hmm. Tallahassee's. Um, we don't, each state handles the elections. So there's not a federal standard, which is, Part of the 2000 battle was was about the state Supreme Court deciding yep. that it was going to keep going, counting or not. So if we get into a thing where you have a state deciding not to match the signatures or to check that the ballot is actually the, the ballot of the voter, Tom, I mean, this that's not an easy thing to unwind nope. state to state. No. No, and I've been saying for some time, I mean, I, I, I do think, I mean, you look at how close some of these states are going to be, and we could have overtime, which includes, you know, court decisions, uh, recounts, uh, you know, all that stuff in, in anywhere from one to five states. I mean, it could be, you know, the 2000 election on steroids. And, um, and I think it's, it is going to be, and it could be really ugly. I mean, I hope it doesn't come to that, but but it could end up being 
very ugly, very long, very acrimonious. And the country is already sort of, you know, so uh, at each other's throats on this. And the campaigns themselves have been, I mean, Joe Biden's campaign manager said there's no scenario under which Donald Trump will be, you know, can can claim yeah. victory on election night. And Trump's over there saying, you know, as soon as the as soon as election night's over, we're sending in the lawyers. So it just doesn't, you know, and, and both campaigns have, I think, laid the groundwork for this and undermined the legitimacy of the process, right? You know, Trump does it all the time. Biden said, and James Clyburn just said the other way. The only way Biden loses is if it's stolen from him, if there's chicanery mm-hmm. at the polls. So we're, you know, I think I think America's pretty much prepped and ready for just a, a an absolute, you know, knife fight over naked ballots in Pennsylvania and the counts in North Carolina and Arizona that'll go on for days and days. And it's, I think it's going to be ugly. Okay, with that positive hey. news. <laughs> All right. Hey. Hey. I'll Election see you in day. Harrisburg. <laughs> Election day. Do they have right, Airbnb guys. in Harrisburg? I think they do. I think they do. Airbnb. Airbnb. Sorry. That's right. Uh, thanks, guys. Here's a bit of campaign trivia. Tuesday, November 7th, 1848, was the first presidential election held on a Tuesday. Between 1788 and 1845, states decided their own voting days. However, the system proved inefficient. So in 1845, Congress decided it was time to standardize a date. Ruling out weekends as days of worship, they landed on the first Tuesday in November to accommodate the majority farmer population that needed to sell their wares at the market on Wednesday and needed to travel at least one day via horse and buggy to get to the polls. There you go. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. We'll be in Harrisburg. For Dana, Tom, and Chris, I'll see you next time. Thanks. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.